2: That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Yeah, I'm going solo today. Leonora left me alone to battle this fight on my own, and that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, There's, uh, you know, we're still waiting to hear about the verdict uh, related to the Rittenhouse case. It seems like the prosecutors are going like, full tilt on trying to convict the 17-year-old for defending himself. And, you know, we know what this is about a whole lot more. This involves politics. This involves the fact that, you know, someone wrote me and said, you know, it's interesting that, you know, this whole politicized, rioting, Black Lives Matter thing was all to drum up support and try to drive a wedge between uh, races in America and to try to paint Trump supporters as racists. Meanwhile it's all white people that are involved in this particular case even though it was a Black Lives Matter event but in addition you have this situation where it's all white guys and it was the Democrats white guys, that were actually using the N-word during that situation. But we have new evidence now. Yes, there's breaking news, folks. This is probably going to be a mistrial. And it might even happen today. There were papers filed on November 15th. And it says here, Kenosha prosecutors withheld video evidence from Kyle Rittenhouse defense team. Now, why is it that the prosecutors are going so full tilt that they're actually violating the law in more ways than you could shake a stick at? They've been admonished by the judge on many occasions because of their overzealous approach to trying to prosecute this 17-year-old for Defending himself. And what are we actually defending? You know, the liberal mayor, the liberal governor, the liberal AG in Wisconsin, who refused the help that was offered to him, the governor, Evers, the the National Guard help that was offered to him by President Trump, who was right again. And they didn't have enough support, apparently, but they allowed this to happen right in front of their eyes. They sat there and watched it. And I complained about this yesterday. But now we're finding that the prosecutors, and I've mentioned this earlier in the week, that the prosecutors really went 100% full tilt. They pulled out all the stops. They got all their che- their their best personnel on this. They spent So much of the city's money. A poor town. Because, you know, in the the end, it's really Black Lives Matter who caused about $50 million worth of destruction in that city. And I believe that the reason why it is that the phones that were supposed to be released by some of the characters that were involved in this situation, some of the characters that were shot or wounded by Rittenhouse while he was defending him, his own life, while they were threatening his. Well, that situation is a situation where they were probably actors or hired. They came in from further away than Rittenhouse did. They're saying, why did Rittenhouse travel so far to this event? Well, some of the other actors actually traveled further. So what's that about? Did they complain about that? And these people had criminal records a mile long. Yeah, we're talking about Joseph Rosenbaum, Anthony Huber, Gage, Gross Gross Krauss. They were all convicted felons. And they were all working on behalf of Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter, you go to blacklivesmatter.com, you click on the donate button, guess what happens? I've said this a thousand times on this show. It goes to Act Blue. Act Blue director Erin Hill is this white as you can get. This chubby white girl that's just out of college is running Act Blue, and they're making I'd say billions of dollars. And they're funding all of these covert operations, supported by the mainstream media and supported by the Democrat Party. And so is Antifa. Antifa Antifa.com went to Joe Biden's campaign website, and now it goes somewhere else, but it, it, it was going for a while to a White House site. And that's why they never, ever bashed Antifa. Antifa could shoot you for wearing a red hat. And nothing is said about it. The mainstream media doesn't even cover the defense for closing arguments. They cover other topics or run to a commercial or do run another show or whatever they're doing. But we know the media is in on this. And they don't care whether or not The prosecutors violate law that's probably going to result in a mistrial. And then they're going to say the fix was in. If only they were just heard or it wasn't rigged by a conservative judge. Somehow they're going to get away with that. I don't know how they're going to get away with it, but they're going to riot the heck out of Kenosha. And that is a real shame. Because we know this is politicized. We know this is all about politics. This is liberal Democrats financing hate, violence, and destruction to try to divide America and to try to paint a portrait that not only are Trump supporters white supremacists, even though there's no sign of it, The one time they tried to really come up and show white supremacies was in the just recently in the election, in the Virginia election. And guess what they had? They had Democrat operatives that were busted. That was just a clear shot there. We knew that these were Democrats that were dressed up like Trump supporters wearing torches like the like the um, Charlottes Charlottesville. They were trying to also pin that on the Republicans, even though the certificate for the Charlottesville event even was by a registered Democrat who supported Barack Hussein. I guess his last name is Obama. Who knows? Barry Satoro. It could be anything. Uh, Just pick a social security number. You could apply it to the former president. How the Democrats elect these fools is just absolutely beyond me, but... The Republican side has been no better. The Bushes were globalists too. One world, new world order, Daddy Bush. It goes all the way back to Prescott Bush, all the way back to FDR, truly. But George Bush, he was probably in on the, or had knowledge of, and participated in the Kennedy assassination. And the reason why I say that is because there was a five-year moratorium on releasing the documents, uh, and the five-year moratorium was five years after the last person in the documents is deceased, and that's Herbert Walker. But this motion for a mistrial with prejudice, with prejudice, comes now. The defendant Kyle Rittenhouse appearing specially by his attorneys Mark Richards and. Corey Chiraffisi, upon all the files, rec- records, and re- recordings, heretofore had herein respectfully moved to the court to enter uh, for entry of an order granting a mistrial with prejudice as grounds for the motion. The defendant asserts the following. On August 18, 2021, the state filed a second other act's motion, Seeking to admit evidence regarding a video showing the defendant sitting in a vehicle having a discussion regarding what he would like to do to people he believed were looting that the other acts motion was heard along with additional other acts motions filed by the s- state on september seventeenth twenty twenty one notes from c c a p indicate the court was taking under advisement with a bias against admitting the evidence. The state did not file a motion for reconsideration on any of their motions. It goes on. This is a briefing. It's a very long briefing. I posted it on my Twitter and my Facebook. You could take a look and follow me on Twitter if you want. Uh, That would be nice. But let me just say that this motion... is about Kenosha prosecutors holding video evidence from Kyle Rittenhouse's defense team. Now, they've already been admonished more than once about uh, saying things in front of the jury that they were not supposed to say. These are seasoned attorneys, the best that Kenosha has to offer. And there we are. And there we are. Now, I would like to take a listen to one of the better openings I've heard Tucker give in a long time. I know we play a lot of Tucker, but this was actually one worth listening to. And we are going to take a listen to it. Let's take a listen to Tucker Carlson's open from last night. It says Tucker Carlson's monologue on the mob taking over, uh, taking over of our justice system. This is going to lead right into my next topic. Because today we're going to cover a lot of topics. We're going to cover Merrick Garland being requested to the Senate committee on behalf of uh, tagging uh, parents that oppose critical race theory as terrorists or put on a watch list like terrorists have been. But I even say when we listen to the Mayorkas, uh Senate hearing where he didn't answer any of the questions about how they're paying off these illegals, that was a question that he deferred to justice. So when they get Merrick Garland on the stand, he's going to also have to answer for why and how and how much they're paying these illegals. And we know that they're paying them more than the people who actually die for our country in the field of battle. How do you like that? Does that make your blood boil? Does that make you cringe? This government of ours has sided with a globalist movement and their basic allegiance is with a new world order rather than the people that actually pay their salaries and vote them into office. Or did they even get voted into office? Because we know that they did not and that's, that's incredible as, as well. So we're also going to have a really great clip today with Ted Cruz just giving a, giving a dress down to Mayorkas yesterday while Mayorkas was on Capitol Hill in the Senate answering questions. And I would say Cruz had the best interaction with Mayorkas that I heard that whole day. And then with time, we're going to be talking about how China in the discussions and negotiations that are basically tele like Zoom conversations with G, President G of China. Well, President G of China is eating Biden's lunch. Remember when Joe Biden said, China's China eats our lunch? Come on, man. Remember when he said that? Well, no. We're seeing live, we are seeing in real time now how china threatened america with with uh fire if we actually su- uh support taiwan and so naturally we uh, we equivocated and appealed to Ch- president Xi after his threat of playing with fire and actually supported uh one, uh, uh, one china policy but First, we're going to listen to the opening about how the left is using the mobs to actually impact justice. We're seeing it play out in real time in Kenosha, Wisconsin today. Let's take a listen.
3: Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, just another evening. and It is what has become a pretty high drama country, really. The jury in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial has gone home for the night after many hours of deliberations today. The average jury reaches a verdict in just a few hours, so these jurors are taking much longer than most. But it's probably not because the evidence they have heard is confusing them. In a typical trial, an insider trading trial, for example, something complex, an honest observer might be able to see both sides of the case and probably can. But that is not true here. Far from it. In fact, it's the opposite. From the very first moments of this trial, it was obvious that Kyle Rittenhouse never should have been indicted in the first place. The key question was, did Kyle Rittenhouse act in self-defense that night in Kenosha? And the answer, unequivocally, is yes, obviously. It's a no-brainer. It's like the OJ trial. No honest person could reach a different conclusion. Kyle Rittenhouse shot men he believed were trying to kill him. Now, why did Kyle Rittenhouse believe that, you may ask? Well, in one case, the man he shot told him so directly. I plan to kill you. Of the other two men Kyle Rittenhouse shot, one repeatedly bashed him in the head with a skateboard as he lay on the ground, and the other stuck a loaded gun in his face. So Kyle Rittenhouse fought back in order to save his own life. I'm not guessing about that. Even the prosecution's witnesses made that point. So once that happened... Once Kyle Rittenhouse's life was threatened on the street in Kenosha, what were his options exactly? Well, he could fight back or he could allow himself to be murdered by the rioters. And allowing himself to be murdered by the rioters is essentially what the prosecution has argued he should have done. Kyle Rittenhouse had a duty to submit to the mob. Well, that's lunacy. And no sane jury could agree with that for a second. So the question is, why is it taking so long for this jury to produce a very obvious verdict? Want the answer? Well, look outside the courtroom. There are hundreds of National Guard troops assembled tonight in Kenosha. Why are they there? Well, they've come in case Kyle Rittenhouse is acquitted. Not in case he's convicted, in case he's acquitted. At which point, if he is acquitted, pretty much everyone expects the usual mobs of Joe Biden voters to burn and loot and destroy. Why does everyone expect this? Because people on the left are openly calling for it. Quote, Now that jury deliberation has begun, I think every city in America should prepare for what could happen if Rittenhouse gets acquitted. It may get rightfully unpleasant. That's the message from a teacher. And we checked an actual teacher from the state of Indiana wrote it on Twitter today. And it echoes what many others are saying tonight. So imagine if you were a juror in this case. How would you feel about this? You're not sequestered. You know how the country feels. You know what the threats are. Well, you might think twice before you acquitted Kyle Rittenhouse, no matter what the evidence was. You remember happened after Rodney King. Remember that? They burned Los Angeles to the ground. You wouldn't want to be responsible for that. You wouldn't want to spark riots. And of course, that's the whole point of the exercise. The mob threatens violence. The rest of us tremble. And pretty soon the mob controls our justice system. Pretty soon the enemies of civilization, which is what they are, are in charge of the country. That's what's happening now. So it's worth pausing for a moment to ask, how do we get here exactly? Well, here's one summary that caught our eye Today, a Hill staffer called Billy Gribben summed it up in the following way. Quote, we're waiting to see if riots break out because of media lies about a case from a riot that happened because of media lies. Well, that's nicely put, and it's totally true. The August 2020 riot in Kenosha wasn't really a riot in the way that we understand riots. It was an outbreak of political violence. It began three days after the Democratic Convention. That was the context for it. It was, in fact, one of many riots that summer across the country, all of which were explicitly supported by the leadership of the Democratic Party. We're not making this up. Look it up. What was the point of these riots? Well, of course, big picture, the point was to unseat Donald Trump. In the specific case of Kenosha, we know exactly the chain of events that led to where we are today. A man called Jacob Blake was shot by the police. Immediately, the media and the Democratic politicians they served lied about what happened. So they told us that a cop cop shot Jacob Blake in the back for no apparent reason. And by the way, Jacob Blake was unarmed. He was helpless. They just pulled him out of a lineup and shot him because that's what America's like. Kamala Harris then jumped in and said she was, quote, proud of Jacob Blake, like he was a civil rights hero, like he was shot for being the wrong color, as so often happens in the systemically racist country. But it was all totally untrue. Not just the themes, but the facts. They were lies. In fact, the police were responding to a call from a woman who said Jacob Blake was trying to kidnap her child. So the police showed up, as they should have. They tried to detain Jacob Blake and Jacob Blake fought the cops. Then he grabbed a knife. Jacob Blake was holding that knife when he was shot by the police. Jacob Blake admitted that on television. But it was too late. Based on the first false stories, from the news media told intentionally, our leaders suggested that these riots in Kenosha were somehow justified and then allowed them to continue. So this is what Kenosha looked like the night that Kyle Rittenhouse arrived to help defend local businesses.
2: Just lunacy, absolute lunacy going on in Kenosha, Wisconsin, based on a political riot, basically a fundraiser at Blue by Black Lives Matter. And here they are just burning the cities to the ground. And they're showing a montage of a whole assortment of cities. And there's a car on fire, a dumpster on fire. Why are they allowed to get away with this is the question we would ask ourselves. Why are they allowed when they treat J6 protesters a whole different way? Well, that's
3: not a civil rights protest. That's not people fighting back against oppression, systemic racism. That's just people destroying things they didn't build. That's people wrecking our civilization. In no normal country would that be allowed. It would be put down immediately with force. That's why we have police. You can't allow that because if you do allow that, people get killed, as they did. But local police, you should know, did virtually nothing to stop any of the things you just saw. From the very top of the power structure of the state of Wisconsin, the word was, let it happen. The governor of Wisconsin, Tony Evers, in fact, turned down an offer from Washington to send federal officers in order to help get Kenosha under control, to save the city. That was a shockingly irresponsible decision. It was an immoral decision. But Tony Evers still defends it. I have no regrets, he says. Really? That's because he doesn't live in Kenosha. Downtown Kenosha burned. It will never be rebuilt. Talk about a city that doesn't deserve any of this. Kenosha is a town of just 100,000 people. Many of them, by the way, are Hispanic, if that even matters, but it's true. They're not rich people who live there. Kenosha is far past its prime. It was part of the industrial base that built this country, that built the modern world. Now it's suffering even more than it was before the riots because a bunch of entitled antisocial lunatics broke things for no reason because our leaders allowed them. A city official estimates the damage from last summer's riots about $50 million. That's a lot in Kenosha. In fact, it's more than half the entire municipal budget for the city of Kenosha. So why did the people in charge allow Kenosha to be destroyed? This happened over days. They allowed this. Why? Well, for the same reason they indicted Kyle Rittenhouse, to send a very clear message to the rest of us watching on television. Don't resist. When the mob comes, you can't fight back. We're in charge. We'll do what we want. All summer, they sent that message to the rest of us. All summer, they made that very clear. Here's what happened to one man who foolishly tried to defend his own business from looters in Dallas.
2: And, they're showing more beatings. and these people don't go to jail but J6 protesters or rally supporters are still riding in jail in very horrible conditions.
3: There's so much video like that. And at the time we restrained ourselves and didn't show all of it, we're not gonna show all of it tonight because it's too divisive. It's too awful. It hypes people up too much. It's too emotional, but it's totally real. That happened across the country to people who did nothing wrong. So the message over time was very, very clear. And again, it's the same message they're sending us with the Rittenhouse trial. Resistance is futile. Try to defend yourself and we're gonna throw you in jail.
2: and you know they they even had clips of uh you know wh- why why are they there fighting back you know it's 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 very much like what the democrats always have wanted it's uh this one-sided argument they don't want they want to put a sock in your mouth or duct tape around your mouth a muzzle on you they want to ma- render you speechless if you have something alternative to say covid or vaccine passports or mandates. You get censored and silenced on social media. And the same is true with the witch hunts and the hoaxes. Remember the Russian hoax. Remember the Ukrainian witch hunt and the impeachment trial. All of this was hidden from the American public. And we paid for it all, too. Because it was top secret, that's what James Comey and Rod Rosenstein did when Comey got fired, they started uh Bob Mueller you know they they put up the special counsel, and with the special counsel, they had complete autonomy, independent of the President of the United States. And it actually also prevented the president of the United States from releasing documents uh, because if he released any documents associated with that case, the Russian uh, Russian integration or immersion by the left, if he did anything like that, it would be obstruction of justice. He would have been impeached for that. Again, the cover up worse than the crime. And that's the game. That was that was what they were going for all along. And they covered it. They they buried all of that in top secret special counsel where Weissman uh was in charge. And the chief guy, Bob Mueller didn't even know who Fusion GPS was. It's it's worth remembering this. And what was it? It was Adam Schiff that was spearheading the impeachment trial. And he only cherry-picked whoever he wanted. Sort of like the J6 thing, where they got Adam Kinzinger and uh, Liz Cheney as the token Republicans. They didn't want Jim Jordan anywhere near that. And uh, and a whole host of others. And here's the thing. They kept it in a basement in the House of Representatives, the Ukrainian case. And again, it was top secret. They, they kept it a secret. And the media covered up for all of this. And it made for a one-sided, you know, grand jury indictment that was designed to impeach a president who basically was muzzled and had nothing, had no platform to speak from. And then they even censored his platform on Twitter, on Facebook, and anywhere else in between. The President of the United States was censored by our media. At the same time, the Taliban is allowed to prosper and thrive and communicate and spread their message of hate. And this is no, this is no different than what our FBI is all about today. Why is the FBI involved with our parents protesting at the local school boards? Why is the Department of Justice commanding the FBI to tag these parents as a threat to the nation like the IRS did with Tea Party groups? Why is it that the Democrats weaponize the Department of Justice or the uh Uh, Department of Homeland Security, or for that matter, even the CDC, which isn't even a proper government agency uh, for the U.S. government, but they are connected. And why is it that there's so much secrecy about opposing viewpoints with the CDC and NIH and NISAIDS, which is Fauci's department? And gain of function. And you know, like I said a million times now, I believe Fauci is a protected individual bureaucrat that was working with bioweapons and he is directly protected by the CIA, the State Department and the Pentagon and our military. Because he is working with scientists, working with the medical professionals and working with the academic world it's why you had Harvard professors taking secret documents and cases of, of bio uh, um, DNA to Wuhan. And they were busted at airports and things like that because the government wasn't in sync with each other. But we don't ever hear about where those cases have ever gone. But Fauci remains. Why was Fauci hired in the first place? Given that his alignment was so wishy-washy, at first he said uh, the virus didn't spread if it was uh, the viral load was low. If you were not showing any symptoms, you couldn't possibly spread it. Then he said, "Nope, it's asymptomatic. You could still spread it." Even the WHO said viruses that are asymptomatic. Or uh, can be if you're showing symptoms, you can spread it. If you're asymptomatic, you can't. And I have a video and an audio for that, and uh, for from both the WHO and Fauci saying that if you're asymptomatic, you can't spread it. It's unlikely to spread. Also, that masks don't work. All of a sudden, fifty years of their experience is flipped upside down, all for political expedience. Because they got a new memo. You remember de Blasio was saying, go to the movies. He said that in March of 2020. Late to the game. And all of a sudden, he's got the most draconian lockdowns in, in the history of mankind in New York City. Leading the pack. And so did Chris Co- or Andrew Como. We know what a piece of work these people are. And that's what that's what we're dealing with. And so all of this politicization, whether it's riots and race and white supremacy, where is the white supremacy? I can't see it. I cannot see it. But they tell me it's there. I can see Antifa. I can see Black Lives Matter. They're telling me that's not there. Oh, that's just a oh, they, they're they just over. You know, that's just a, a lot of media hype. I have liberal friends to this day. Antifa is not real. Honest to goodness. Oh, Antifa is not even an organized, just a few, few loose cannons. You know, you have those over on the right, too. But we know that it's organized. We know that it's financed by the Democrat Party to not only divide Americans, but to also play the race card every chance they get they play it how they get away with it is beyond me but it's the stupidity of the liberal black voters that buy into this i have no problem with the liberal uh, with the conservative black voters they're the ones that are all about personal responsibility black conservatives are all about playing with the system and playing by the rules They're all the ones that say life isn't fair, but you know what? It's not fair for a lot of people, whether you're Asian, Hispanic, white, impoverished. We can't all be born into royalty, and we have to take the chips however they fall and deal with the problems in our lives that either we create or they were created for us. But we have to deal with it. Reparations be damned. And that's where we should be. And that's where most conservatives' values and thought processes are. But it's the Democrats that keep wanting to turn back and erase history and rewrite history with critical race theory and indoctrination. And they see how this could impact children and they can get more Democrats out of the school system than ever before. We just heard from my alma mater, Old Dominion University, where there was this wackadoodle professor that was you know, talking about critical race theory and some other BS. I didn't pay close attention to that one, but I did hear the guy speak. I, I could barely tell whether this was a guy or a girl. I guarantee you they have a different pronoun associated with them. How these people get six-figure salaries and become professors and get on a tenure track is beyond me. It used to be there was a day when people like that, you make the choice to be weird and stupid and moronic, and you make that choice, that's fine. You know, there was a time when I was into the punk scene a little bit. You know, and didn't go crazy, but you know, I did slam dancing and all kinds of things when I was young but I didn't take it to the extreme where it was going to cost me a job. I didn't put tattoos on the middle of my face and put a, a bone in my lip, you know, and a will pierce my face all over the place. No, you know, tattoo my knuckles, you know, anarchy, whatever. That's never going to help me get a job, but that's what what we're in. And, and they're supposed to be now victims Paint your hair purple, talk with a lisp, and give yourself a different pronoun. and All of a sudden, you're approachable. You know, one thing I've noticed, I'm in a walker right now because, I mean, I have this walker because I don't have full use of my legs yet. But I will have full use of my legs and I'll be back at the gym and back on my bike and back on my skis and back, you know, on my feet soon. It's just a matter of time. I'm working every day to recover from my spinal surgery and the nerve damage that was caused by the, uh, the osteomyelitis that I had, the infection in my spine. But I will tell you, I get better treatment when I'm walking with this walker. I will say that. I get doors held open for me, all kinds of niceties. People are like, I, I guess they find me more approachable. Perhaps because I'm less of a threat. Because I can't really fully be a threat in my current state. So they, they approach me more. So I guess that's the formula, you know. You dress like a victim and you become a victim and you're more approachable for some reason. I think it's a flawed thing, you know, actually. But you know, it's interesting, it's you know, these life experiences make you think, right? Outside the box maybe, but make you think nevertheless. So I want to play uh, another clip. It's related to Mayorkas. It's a really fun clip to listen to, and this is Sec- Senator Ted Cruz, who just broke DHS Secretary Mayorkas after completely savaging him by grilling the secretary on Biden's border cages and manufactured border crisis. And the note here says, "This is the greatest thing you'll watch all day." And it's absolutely true. It's it's really a lot of fun. We're going to go ahead and play it right now, and this is going to segue into my next topic, which is um, about how he rejected and refused uh, to answer the question about paying four hundred fifty thousand or three hundred thousand to these illegals who break our laws when we're only paying, you know, uh, people fallen heroes like their families like a hundred thousand. Um, so, why is it that there is that wide disparity? Why are we not? Why are we paying these illegals who break our laws? I say, give them a boot print on their butts and kick them the hell out of our country, is what I think, because they didn't wait in line, and because it's all about demographic control. It's like gerrymandering, gerrymandering on steroids. It's about importing voters, and of course, we know. I say it all the time, it's about importing slave labor. And that's why the corporations love it, because they get cheap labor. And that's what this is all about. Something they'd have to pay a higher salary for, they can pay minimum wage and get the same service. Or a lot of the jobs in meatpacking plants and, and farmland and construction... My dad just had his roof uh, redone because he's in South Carolina and they had some hurricane damage. So they got their roof put on, a whole new roof. And he tells me, like, every one of the people that was working on his roof was, you know, Mexican. They came through the border, I'm sure. And they're all working these construction jobs that used to be held by, you know, people just out of high school looking for work. They're taken up now by imports. Illegal imports in most cases. You know, and like I said, I was in the hospital. It seemed like every one of my nurses was from Ethiopia. You know, I, I just couldn't get over it. It was every single one of them was from Africa somewhere. And all my livery drivers are you know, Uber and Lyft, they're all from like the Middle East and somewhere. And I'm like... You know where are the Americans in this country, and why are they not working? We got people in the in the building I live in; they want to pay a thousand dollars if we could find them an employee. And I guess there was a reward um, put out by a sheriff, uh, signing bonuses and things like that—fifteen thousand dollars signing bonuses if you, you know, come work for us. It's it's crazy. There's lots of people are sitting on their butts because of. Biden's policies, but it's really not even Biden. It's a it's a whole team of people from the Brookings Institution, and from the Atlantic Council, and from elsewhere, who are these think tankers, uh, radical lefties, that are running the show in the White House, spearheaded probably by Barack Hussein Obama, pulling all the strings, and you got this, you know, basically Radiohead uh, freakazoid named Joe Biden, uh, you know, with the puppet strings, basically not even knowing what he's saying. But let's take a listen to a fun video where Mayorkas basically gets a beat down of his life by Ted Cruz.
0: Senator Cruz. Secretary Mayorkas, you testified several times that our immigration system is, quote, fundamentally broken. True or false, under President Trump, we saw the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. Um, I
1: don't know if it's uh, within 45 years, but we certainly saw in 2020
0: uh, a low level uh, of illegal immigration. 2019 uh, was Okay. True, true or false, Secretary Marcus, this year, under Joe Biden, we've seen the highest rate of illegal immigration in 61 years. Again, I don't know the number of years, but it's certainly a historic high, Senator. So you're right, it's broken, but you broke it. Let me ask you, in the calendar year 2021, how many illegal immigrants do you expect to have crossed illegally into the United States? I believe the
1: the total number of encounters, as has been referenced in this hearing earlier, is um, uh, approximately just under 1.7 million. But there's two
0: months remaining. Is it correct that you project over 2 million illegal immigrants in 2021, calendar year 2021? I believe that is correct, Senator, and over the last three months, we've seen a drop in the numbers by reason. And how many children do you project in 2021? I'm sorry? How many children will have crossed illegally in 2021? Um,
1: I believe that thus far through October 31st, uh, Senator, approximately 125,000 unaccompanied children have been transferred uh, to the shelter and care of Health and
0: Human Services. Now, you told another senator you don't know how many gotaways there have been. Uh, I will have to circle back, uh, Senator, with that information. So that wasn't a fact that that you thought was
1: relevant to this hearing? Oh, it is um, uh, absolutely uh, uh, relevant. I I understand why the question is posed. It's a fact of great...
0: but you're not prepared to answer it. How about this? How many deaths, how many illegal aliens have died crossing illegally into the United States under Joe Biden's administration? I don't have that data. Uh, So So the deaths, you didn't prepare that data either. All right, how about this? How many children have been in the Biden cages in calendar year 2021? Um, uh, Senator, I respectfully disagree with um, your use of uh, the term cages. Fine. You can disagree with it. How many children have been in the Biden cages? I've been to the Biden cages. I've seen the Biden cages. How many children have you detained at the Donna Tent facility in the cages you built, told kids? How many children have been in those cages?
1: Uh, uh, Senator, I can uh, uh, provide to you the
0: following uh, figure that... um, When, and let me, let me say that when a child, I I don't, it's a simple question. How many children have been in those cages? uh,
1: I I respectfully am not familiar with the term cages and to what you are referring. There are
0: enclosures in which they are locked in, in which I took photographs and put them out because you blocked the press and didn't want people to see the Biden.
2: Now, hold on, hold on a minute. So Ted Cruz is going to show a picture, a big photo of what he's talking about. And it is a chain link fence. It's a cage. So Ted Cruz is exactly right here. We'll continue
0: in cages, the secure facilities in which they are locked down in Donna, that uh, those facilities, how many children have been in them? Senator, there are three types of facilities. There's the The Donna tent cages, the the Donna tent city. Let's take the Donna facility. How many children have been there? That is a soft-sided facility. It is not a. Okay, are you going to answer the question? How many children have been in that facility?
1: I I will have to circle back with you with the precise number.
0: Oh, by the way, here's a photograph of the Biden cages.
1: That, um, uh, Senator, um, that is precisely why I articulated. Children sleeping
0: on floors crashed in upon each other. When I took this photograph, the COVID rate, rate of COVID positivity was over 10. May I,
1: may I speak, Senator?
0: You can answer the question. How many kids have been in these that, conditions?
1: That is precisely why I stated in March of this year that a border patrol station is no place for a child. Number one.
0: Okay, but and number two. All right, that is pres- Secretary Mayorkas, you're not answering my question. So let me ask you this. In the past year, has Joe Biden been down to see firsthand the Biden cages?
1: Senator, I will again...
0: Has Joe Biden been down to see this facility? Yes or no? The president has not been down to... The okay, border. no. Has Kamala Harris been down to see the Biden cages, this facility? Um, yes or no? Uh, the vice president was at the border... Has she been down to see this facility? I know she went to El Paso. Has she seen the Biden cages? They are not cages. And... Um, what are these walls? Senator? The ha, has, has Kamala Harris seen them, yes or no? Senator, the... the it's a simple question, yes I, or no. I did, We don't need a paragraph. Yes or no. Has Kamala Harris been down to see these detention facilities? She has not been down... Okay. Has any Democratic senator on this committee been down to see the Biden cages? I will once
1: again disagree with your use of terminology.
0: These facilities, has any Democratic member of this committee given a damn enough to see the children being locked up by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris because of your failed immigration policies? Uh, Senator, I cannot speak to um, the members of this committee. You, you, You don't know if any Democrats have been down there?
1: To, to Oh, I, I believe... D- Democrats have been down... To,
0: to see, see this be- facility, yes or no? ...on a facility. Whether they are members of this committee, I do not know. And All right, let me I ask you a different question, say, then. That what we how, how many women have been sexually assaulted being trafficked into this country in 2021?
1: Senator, I have no ability to determine uh, how many... Okay, you
0: don't know? So you didn't try to find out? ...have been um, sexually assaulted in Mexico along the migratory... All right, how about this? How many children have been sexually assaulted by traffickers or other people when they were coming in illegally? I do not have that data. Okay, so you don't know that either. Let me ask you this. How many illegal immigrants have you released into the United States who were COVID positive? Senator, it is our policy to test uh, individuals. I didn't ask your policy. How many illegal a- aliens have you released who were COVID-positive? Well, let me just say, when they are released, they are placed in immigration. How many have you released that were COVID-positive? I will have to get that number. Okay, you me. don't have that answer either. Let's, let, let's try this. How many illegal a- aliens have you released who had criminal convictions?
1: Um, who have criminal convictions in Mexico? In the criminal c- convictions
0: in whatever jurisdiction? Uh, uh, those individuals, if they pose a public safety threat... How many individuals with criminal convictions have you released? Senator, I do not have that... Okay. Power. Let's Senator- specify it more narrowly. How many murderers have you released? I'm not aware of any murderers whom... We- How many rapists have you released? I'm not aware of any rapists whom... We- How many
1: child molesters have you mal- released? I am not a- aware of any child molesters whom we have released into the
0: United States, and
1: I should say...
0: Senior Customs and Border Patrol leadership have told me that your agency is slow walking and refusing to comply with the order from the federal court to return to the Remain in Mexico policy. What would you say to the judge if the judge was asking why you should not be held in contempt and incarcerated for defying a federal court order?
1: Um, It is because uh, we are implementing the court's order in good faith. We are working with Mexico. It requires a bilateral relationship and an agreement. And I should also
0: add... Have you or anyone on your staff expressed to Mexico to resist going back to this agreement?
1: No. And I should also indicate to you, Senator, that Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, under the Sex Offenders uh, Operation, known as SOAR, um, apprehended 495 individuals between June 4th and September 1st who committed sex offenses and were very focused on public safety.
2: Thank you. Wow. Senator Cruz. That was a beatdown of uh, epic proportions right there. That was enjoyable to listen to. Um, I also have one other thing I want to talk about, and that is China negotiations. Xi threatens the United States, and Biden said nothing. Instead, Biden chose full appeasement towards the CCP, The New York Times even said China won the talks. Meanwhile, the U.S. government got nowhere on supply chain and trade. So it says in vivid language that has come to define Beijing's strident rhetoric, Mr. Xi criticized politicians in the United States who, he said, sought to use the island's status as leverage over Beijing, a trend he described as dangerous. It is playing with fire. Xi says this, Xi, President Xi says, it is playing with fire. And if you play with fire, you will get burned. You will get burned. The Chinese readout cited Mr. Xi as saying that. And what's interesting is the response to that was that the White House government Whitehouse.gov says the United States remains committed to the one China policy guided by Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint communiques and the six assurances, and that the United States strongly opposes unilateral effort to change the status quo or undermine peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. So on Taiwan, President Biden underscored that the United States remains committed to the one China policy, something that President Trump put on the table as threatening to pull away from. And even The Hill said, under the one China policy, the U.S. does not recognize Taiwan as a separate state from China and under the Taiwan Relations Act of 1979, the U.S. is committed to providing Taiwan with arms for its defense. The law does not commit the U.S. to sending troops to Taiwan to defend it. Also, China counts the meeting as a win achieved without any compromise. This is according to the New York Times. From China's perspective, The virtual meeting itself amounts to a vindication of its strategy to wait out the new administration. So that's when President Joe Biden met virtually with Xi Jinping, China's leader. Of course, the CCP won that exchange. And also, the two sides offer softer rhetoric, but little apparent progress on trade and supply chain. So they didn't even address that. And certainly they didn't even address COVID. So that's sad news in and of itself. So what are we to do? But the news of the day is that we might be hearing some news regarding a mistrial because the uh, in the Rittenhouse case, that's something you want to pay attention to. That and, of course, the jury's verdict. And it'll be interesting to see how things play out because when the radical left doesn't get its way when the mob Democrats don't get their way they cry like little babies and they burn things and they smash things like little tyrants like little spoiled petulant children and that's what I think of the Democrats in this day and age hey we're out of time you've been listening to the Scott Adams show thank goodness we're uh, Trump supporters and conservatives around here and that we have common sense about what's right for America. And with that, I want to thank every one of you for listening to The Scott Adams Show. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm
0: from a small town in Tennessee A long way from the suits in D.C. But close enough now to see this mess Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper They grab a shovel, dig a hole
2: a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there